Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Holding Down the Fort. I am your co-host and now award-winning podcaster, Jen Amos. And I also have with me my amazing co-host, active duty military spouse, nearing 12 years now, mother of two, mental health advocate, and overall amazing woman, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always great to chat with you once again and also converse with another incredible person in our community. All right. With that said, let's go ahead and introduce our guests on the show today here at Holding Down the Fort. We have Mandalyn McVeigh, and she is a wellness and resilience trainer, community builder, military spouse, and entrepreneur. Just overall sounds like an incredible woman. So Mandalyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, definitely. So something I started to do at the start of 2020 and all this chaos is I like to do mental health check-ins and see how people are really doing. And so I thought I would start by asking you, how are you really doing nowadays? (laughs) Uh, Really doing, you know, it's actually not too much out of our norm, our routine. I have a five-year-old and she was not in daycare on a regular basis, you know, Mm -hmm use hourly care. So, and I was not working out of the home. I was doing things from the house, you know, my volunteering or school that I'm still completing. So routine didn't change too much, but then they threw mm-hmm. kindergarten <laughs> and decided that I had to try to teach my daughter how to be a kindergartner. And oh, no, you know, there are days that I go and I have a glass of wine in the shower and cry after she goes to bed, but that's like once a month and the husband's in the field right now. So that's a bummer, but yeah, all I'm handling it pretty well. I think I'm actually surprised some days, but like when I kind of am doing my review of the day and the things that have happened, like, I'm like, Oh, I'm still actually in a pretty good frame of mind. I guess all of that coaching that I've been doing and training for that coaching has actually really helped me, you know? And so it's kind of nice because I'm my own proof that the techniques that I teach people are actually helpful And, you know, I have a therapist. There's nothing wrong with having a therapist. Everybody should have a therapist because Mm -hmm. we're all friends and everybody has stress. Mm -hmm. That helps a lot too, you know? So, but other than that, all in all, pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing how you're really feeling and what you're really going through. You know, having Jenny Lynn on here, who is a mental health advocate and also is involved in the mental health field. And even for myself, I'm a huge mental health advocate. I appreciate you sharing that. And honestly, I think we need to make it cool to have therapists in our lives. I have a therapist. I might even get another one because (laughs) I'm in couples counseling right now, but I've also been looking into having therapy for myself and that's okay. It's like, Hey, if you want to train for a marathon, you get a coach for that, right? If you want to train for anything in life, or if you want to improve any aspect of your life, it's like you can figure it out on your own, but you can speed up the process or make it easier if you have mm-hmm. professional help. And so I appreciate you sharing that very early on in our conversation saying, hey, it's absolutely okay. Absolutely. And you know, it's 
One of the things that I tell a lot of my clients is I have friends from all over the world, not from being a military spouse, but because I used to work seasonally at ski resorts before I got married. And so it's been, you know, I lived in Alaska for a few years and I had friends come from East Europe and South America and just, you know, all over the globe. And Mm -hmm. any of those people, like literally, I think every one of them had a therapist and they would just talk about like, they went to the therapist, just like they went to the dentist or for their yearly exam, you know, like, because it's not as stigmatized in a lot of other countries and a lot of other countries too, when you move there, you know, you're the new person on the block and you're like, Hey, can you give me the names of some good dentists and eye care places and stuff like that around the neighborhood on the list, they pretty much always include their therapist too. Mm. Not like right next to the grocery store. Like they'll say, this is the best shop to get these, you know, fresh produce and here's a good therapist and here's a good dentist. And then here's a good place to get your meat. Mm. (laughs) Like they don't think anything of it other than that. Like people need to take care of themselves and this is another way to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, it's just so normal in other places is what it sounds like. And here it's still like, oddly enough, a stigma or it's still Mm -hmm. like, you know, everyone's kind of going through their coming out phase of I got a therapist, guys. You know, I feel like that's starting to become popular. Like even amongst my girlfriends, it's just so normal. Like, you know, we'll say, yeah, I was talking to my therapist today. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. we all are having that kind of support. And I hope that, you know, it really will become normal and part of our, you know, daily conversation to say that you're getting help in that way. Absolutely. Nope. Yeah. I thought I really I'd check appre- in with Jenny, Jenny Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I really appreciate you guys doing my job for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Plug for mental health. It's really great. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm with you on board all the things. Everybody in my house has a therapist and we function much better that way. Right. Um, you know, it's helpful. And even when my husband and I both did couples counseling as well, and even during that, we both had our own individual therapist because there are just things that are yours to work out. So, you know, you will not find a bigger mental health advocate than myself, especially during pandemic times and all of the extra and kudos to you for doing kindergarten, because if I thought that I had to homeschool my children in kindergarten, I might never get out of bed. My boys are in fourth (laughs) and fifth grade. And so they're older and much more hands off. It's more of a sit down and do it. Not a, I have to teach you everything. Oh, bless. I just don't know that I could have done kindergarten. Well, I think one of the advantages that I have, honestly, is my daughter has auditory processing disorder and she has sensory processing disorder. So she has to have like an occupational therapist and we do a lot of modalities like for teaching her different things. You know, like she has a different app to help her with like sensory, getting the auditory processing to happen in the correct sequence in her brain. Like her ears work fine, but her brain jumbles it up. Mm -hmm. she has programs that help her with that and because I'm so used to working with her with those kinds of things it really was a blessing in disguise that having to help her with kindergarten is just one more thing that I'm teaching her so it's like oh here's another new thing that we're doing that we're learning and so Mm -hmm. it's also easier for her she didn't just go from like being a kid with like not understanding like sit down and talk to this person and do these things in this order to all of a sudden sit and be in class, you know? So got it. Yeah. So yeah. I take that for the blessing that it is and just learn from it. So yeah, absolutely. You know, there's this quote that I saw 
a couple weeks ago now that said something like 2020 was the year I thought that I was going to pursue my dreams and goals and aspirations. But 2020 ended up being the year where I focused on what I had and express appreciation for it, you know, counting your blessings, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I like your take on how things are like trying to teach kindergarten at home, but still getting that support either way so that it's not just you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. in that sense. So Mandolin, let's go ahead and shift gears here for a little bit. One thing I'm really excited about talking to you is the work that you actually do. You advocate for the general wellness and resilience of all military spouses and significant others. Let's unpack that a little bit. What does advocacy for military spouses and significant others look like specifically for you? So I'm actually the battalion level FRG advisor, so soldier and family readiness group advisor. So in a global aspect, it's my role to make sure that the spouses and family members of soldiers are provided with information about what's happening in their soldiers' lives when they're and when they're away. And even just different tools that are available on base, like there's a program here called the Focus Program, which is another resilience program. It's basically you go in and you talk to people. They are therapists and psychologists, but that's not the role or capacity that they work in in that program. They're literally there to teach you different ways to process your emotions, like different tools to process them. Little ones learn about how to share feelings in an appropriate fashion. So they have this thing called like the feelings box and just random things like that. And, you know, even if it's like, hey, don't forget open enrollment for health insurance is available. That's what I do in that aspect for the FRT advisor. Mm -hmm. So I'm using that as a tool to teach military spouses how to take care of themselves. Whenever I send out the newsletter, I always try and include something about wellness, even if it's a new, like a new spin on a recipe, like everybody loves chili, right? So I'll give them like a healthier version of chili. You know, like here's a mm. sneak in stuff that people might not even notice, you know, add some lentils. And so then you're getting more plant based in your diet and you're getting more plant protein and you're actually stretching the food that you're making because you're adding in these lentils and lentils are super cheap. And so it's a way to reduce your food costs as well. And, you know, just different tools and different ways. And then sometimes I'll include like a link to a different meditation or a different yoga class that I think everybody might enjoy. Or for the kiddos, there's a program that I let my daughter do, and I'm actually looking into doing the training myself. So I include links for that sometimes. Like here's a fun one that's, you know, it's like designed around Frozen. And so she calls it the Elsa yoga. And, you know, just curious things like that. And I'm actually studying to be a holistic wellness practitioner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just going to throw more like amazing things on top of what you've already said. So you also were recently nominated for Military Spouse of the Year for your efforts to bring wellness and volunteer opportunities to military significant others and family members. And you have been recognized by your husband's previous unit as well as where you're currently at, you know, and you've just your accolades and other awards that you have received have said a lot about you. And I have to ask you, I feel like this is already an obvious question, but I want to hear it from you anyway. What gives you this drive to really serve our military spouses, military significant others? So that's kind of a two, maybe threefold answer, actually. When I graduated high school, my best friend, who I call my sister because she's been my friend for, you know, three, four decades now, she 
married a Marine. And mm-hmm. he was always the youngest in the group. And she never had like the right information and she never knew where to get the information. She always felt lost. And mm-hmm. when I became a military spouse, I was like, I am not going to be that lost military spouse. I don't care what I have to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to search out the answers. I've always been an answer seeker. I mean, you can probably tell mm-hmm. the different tools and things that I'm talking about, but it's always like, even since I was, you know, kindergarten, first grade, I've always wanted to find the answer when there's a problem, no matter what the problem mm-hmm. is. And if it's a mystery, I have to solve it. And so like, when you're a new military spouse, everything is a mystery, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. How do I pay insurance? How do I get a new doctor? You know, all of these things. And when I married my husband, he was on recruiting duty. Mm-hmm. And we were two and a half hours away from Fort Knox or Fort Campbell in Owensboro, Kentucky. Like, even the doctors there didn't know how to bill my insurance correctly. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a coast wow. station here and a National Guard station. And a U.S. Army Reserve Station, like, we are not the only people that have walked into this clinic with TRICARE. (laughs) What is wrong with you people? So, and I didn't have anybody at the station that had a spouse that I could actually talk to about resources. Because one of them was, like, a really seasoned military spouse, but she just worked all the time and literally just didn't have time to, like, help. She would when she could. And she was really good about it when she could. But she just literally didn't have the time and she was also going to school to get her RN to BSN I think so a little busy and then the other one was going to school from her BSN to become a nurse practitioner and then they like PCS or something and then the other spouse just didn't want anything to do with other spouses so Mm. I was like floundering around looking for answers and my husband's been enlisted for 17 years you know we only started dating six years ago and got, we've been married for, it'll be five next year. So he would struggle to like figure out what he needed to share with me because he'd already, you know, we've both already been married and divorced before we got together. And so he had this spouse for a really long time and she knew these things, right? So he's like, how do I know what you don't know? And how do I remember to tell you all of the things that you need to know? So he would try really hard, but obviously would fail (laughs) because I mean, that's pretty much a situation you can't succeed at, you know, when you've been married to somebody for 10 years previously and they learned every step of the way with you and then you have a spouse that you're starting at, you know, square one. So trying to have patience for him, I would just spend hours on the internet searching and, you know, like joining Facebook groups and just reaching out in every direction that I could and, you know, even if it was literally just like going on the Fort Campbell webpage and like looking at different resources that were available there and making a list of it and then going on the Fort Knox page. And so I finally went into the station leader and said, listen, we have other spouses coming in and like half of them are super young and a couple of the guys are coming in with fiancés or they're coming in with you know, not just, but a significant other, you know, that they aren't married, they aren't engaged, but that's still a significant other that still needs to know resources that are available that they can use in that aspect. And I would like to be the person they can talk to for that. And so he got me in touch with the FRG who finally, we got a commander that was willing to like amp up the FRG again. And so then I became the station point of contact. And when we moved up here, 
I found myself again in a situation where we had no FRG leader. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing it again. I'll just do it. You know, my husband's in a, in a role now that having his spouse act as the FRG leader is an acceptable thing and nobody else wanted to do it. So I'll do it. And the main thing is because it's actually a really selfish reason. I want to know what's happening. <laughs> and if there's nobody there to give out the information, I will never know what's happening. So, but nobody else wants to do it. So I want the information and it's not that hard for me to hit forward to a giant mailing list and just send it out to everybody else. I tend to find that, you know, this reminds me of uh, even back in high school and college, like I would take up leadership positions almost for selfish reasons, because I would be more likely to have access to resources and connections, you know, and it sounds like that's what you did. It's like you did it because you knew that was like the fastest way to get what you needed. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, during all of this, I've been Since 2013, I started going to school to be a health coach, and then I realized that the program I was in wasn't quite a right fit, so that took a hiatus for a little while, and then my husband and I have actually known each other since we were 12, and we went to middle school and high school together, and uh, we reconnected in 2013, actually, and then, you know, we dated, and got married and we had a little one. And so all of these things, then I finally felt like I was at a place to start going back to school again. And I attended yoga teacher training in the meantime. And I just thought that I still really had that drive to do something like a health coach, but I wanted it to be more significant. Mm -hmm. So I looked for programs that were just more in depth and gave a little bit more. I'm really like a science nerd. And I'm really fascinated with nutrition and how it can help heal the body because I actually have celiac, which is an autoimmune disease where your body attacks itself whenever you eat gluten, which is from wheat, barley, rye. So I learned firsthand how just changing your diet can heal your body. And let me tell you, I did not change to eating healthier by any means. It was pretty much if it used to have bread, I would put French fries there instead when I cut out Mm -hmm. and I still, you know, I lost like 50 pounds and all these health problems that I had been having for decades just vanished. Wow. Um, So it was proof positive that it was the celiac that was what was causing all of the things to be wrong with me. And so I really wanted to help other people be able to do that for themselves. And I've worked in the medical field. I worked in it for a few years. I worked as a clinical research nurse and... I got out of that because I just felt like it's not the right way to help people because once people kind of get to the clinical research point, a lot of them are, you know, like it's their last chance to try to do something. You know, a lot of them have kind of resigned to the fact that whatever condition they have is just going to do what it's going to do. And by being in this study, they can at least help future patients. But these people, if they had had somebody there earlier on to possibly intervene and help them with their diets and things like that, and just learning how to take care of themselves properly, not to get off of their medications if they need them, you know, but if they didn't need to be on them forever, then maybe work up to getting off of those medications or to Mm -hmm. bodies so that they can at least have a better quality of life. So... And then I actually got out of that and decided to go to culinary school because I wanted to go travel the world and I was getting a divorce. So I thought now's the time. And after working in food for a really long time, I was like, well, I have all this medical knowledge. I have all of this food knowledge. I have all of this 
personal journey of healing myself with food, mm. I can use all of that together to be able to help other people do that for themselves. And during that whole process, I would get phone calls from random people that are like, hey, my cousin said that you could help me because <laughs> just got diagnosed with seven different food allergies and I need to know how to replace all of the recipes that I make because they contain most of those foods. Please help. I'll pay you. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, no problem. And rewriting a recipe, I think, is super fun because when you have the knowledge of a chef to be able to look at a recipe and say, these foods are so similar to these foods, but people don't that you can make this same recipe with these other things. Mm-hmm. Even in my house, where like the only problems with food that we have is gluten and dairy, I still will make the same chili like 12 different ways with a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. ingredients just to switch it up so that we're not eating the same foods all the time because it's healthier for your body to eat a wider variety of foods. So mm-hmm. having all those people come to me really gave me confidence to know that I could help them. And then, you know, I'd get an email or a call months later that's like, thank you so much. You like, you saved my sanity. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just trying to help you cook, you know? So mm-hmm. really a nice way to go. So that's why I started going to school for the holistic wellness practitioner. And then, like I said, with the yoga training, I have that. And then I've also got training in yoga nidra, which is a form of like guided meditation. I'm studying iRest, which was designed by the Department of Defense. It's called iRest Yoga Nidra. It was designed by the Department of Defense with some yoga therapists and then I think maybe psychologists or psychiatrists to help people that are in transition periods or suffering from post-traumatic stress to be able to process what they're dealing with better and to handle their triggers in a healthier fashion. And so it kind of teaches you to like get into a mindset where something that might've triggered you before, if you like hear the sound or you, you know, smell the smell, you instantly without having to think about it, start to like walk yourself through the technique and like go to your quote unquote safe place in your brain, but you're still functioning on a normal level. It's just your body has learned how to process that stress and like remove you from the situation and remind you that you're not in that place anymore. Mm-hmm. It's pretty miraculous. And then I also am studying Warriors at Ease yoga training, which is trauma-informed yoga. So we don't use phrases that might be triggering for people that have experienced trauma, and we don't do poses that might be triggering, and we only use English. We don't use Hindi or Sanskrit, which is used often in yoga classes because that can be triggering for some people because even though it's not, you know, Arabic or Farsi or Urdu or any other language that they may have heard and you know in a deployment in the Middle East it does sound mm-hmm. like it sometimes and so it can be very triggering for people so I'm studying that as well and then I was like how am I going to put all this together <laughs> I was going to say like, I was like that's a long resume like, you got going on <laughs> it's like a salad of training right <laughs> it's just, yeah when you go in your refrigerator and you're like I'm going to make a salad with all these leftover vegetables like <laughs> my training is. And so I was like, well, what is the basis for these trainings, right? Mm -hmm. Teaching people how to be well and whole, and it's teaching them to build resilience. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to call it then, you know, (laughs) wellness and resilience training. And then people really want to know all of my experience and different things they can ask me, or they can read about it on my about page. And then 
otherwise they can just know that the services I offer are coaching or, you know, recipe rewriting or one-on-one yoga training or a combination of these things. Yeah. Wow. I have so many thoughts, but I thought I'd check in with Jenny Lynn first. I saw you nodding earlier and I think you were note-taking. So I thought I'd check in with you. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, so many, again, speaking my mental health language, I love (laughs) that you transfer all of this to the family readiness group. I'm also a huge proponent of family readiness groups. We are a Navy family. So ours look a little different also very much the same. And, you know, having that connection point, I just one want to applaud you for being the person that was like, well, nobody else is doing it. I guess I will, because we are finding that a lot. Like there's a lot of military spouse burnout, like Mm. that need for rest and resilience is I think at an all time high. And because we don't have a lot of space for that, like some of these really crucial things like FRDs are kind of falling by the wayside, which is really unfortunate. So thank you for being a huge proponent of that for your area and you know just offering these services to to spouses and things i think is just is really good trying to think about my you shared a lot of information i'm trying to like scroll through my (laughs) (laughs) scroll through my like you know rolodex of things but really it's just i appreciate you taking all of your time and experience and sharing it with people who I do really think are at an all time like depletion low mm-hmm. with the way that deployment cycles are going and op tempo and PCSing and throw in a little pandemic and you've got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got like a giant, giant stress headache. So, you know, I think it's great that you offer tools to help kind of combat that without it feeling like, oh my gosh, this is one more thing I have to do to be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, let's go into some practical ways that our listeners can get started in regards to wellness and resilience training. Like, obviously, we want them to reach out to you to really get the professional help. But if there's any, you know, practical things that they can walk away with today, what would you like to share with our listeners? Well, one of the things is, and we talked about it for just like a second earlier, is all of the volunteering that I do. Mm hmm. At this installation alone, I think I've got about 15 or 1800 hours of volunteering over the last two years. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, that's maybe two to four hours a day and it doesn't play out that way. You know what I mean? Because there's like, I do an event for Memorial Day where I have five 10 hour days. And then I don't do anything for four months. But that's how I keep my sense of me, right? Like, I am a military spouse. I am a mom. I am a student. I am a coach. Mm-hmm. But who am I, right? And like, what matters to me? And so, I mean, even if someone is a banker and they love their job because they love numbers and they love money and they love helping people invest, that's great. They're a banker. But is that really what keeps them in touch with them like Mm. inside in their soul does that make them happy and does that matter to them every day and if it does great they don't they might not need to volunteer but finding something that matters and just finding a way to do it like i know we're in a pandemic and so volunteering looks a lot different right now but at the same time there are so many organizations that 
might need help, you know, like meals on wheels and stuff. They can't really do what they used to do. So they need people to like, just go ding dong ditch delivery food on people's front doorsteps. You know, Mm -hmm. there are different things. I work with Blue Star families. They always, always have things. Every year they do a thing called the yellow ribbon trees and Starbucks across the country. Mm. Normally what that looks like is there's a tree put up and there's ornaments put next to it. And the trees decorated with yellow ribbons And anybody that wants to honor a service member goes and writes their name on it or puts a quote or something and then hangs an ornament on the tree. This year, you can't do that. So what they did was they sent us all a box of ornaments, whoever was a volunteer that wanted to put up a tree, and we get to decorate the tree to honor a service member and then still put it up in a Starbucks. Mm. It's to honor all service members, you know, whether they're home or whether they're deployed. And it's just... I do that with my daughter too. You know, she's five, but she loves it. Like she has her own little blue star family shirt and she puts it on and she's like, we're going to go do stuff for the community. (laughs) I don't know how to explain to her what volunteering means. So I say we're helping the community and I taught her that community means the place that you live. Mm. And so she gets really excited about it. And then my husband, when he's home, will help with those things. And it's a way for us to bond as a family. But it's also like, it's my thing. So if nobody else wants to help me, I don't care. I do it anyway. (laughs) You're right. You're like, it was my idea to begin with anyway. You're just sort of a part of it if you want, you know, but I won't take it. I won't take offense if you don't tag along. Absolutely. And it's a way for him to show that he supports me as a person and an individual Mm -hmm. helping me with those things when he can. So that's a really good experience for us as a couple as well, you know, or even just for him to make sure he goes out of his way to be home to take care of Ella so that when I do have like a scheduled time, I have to be somewhere doing the volunteering activity. That's also supporting me, you know, so it's a good way for him to support me the same way that I support him as a spouse by just being there and showing up for me. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, other people can do is look for volunteering opportunities Something else that I learned at yoga teacher training, and it's very funny, but it makes a lot of sense, is they told us a mindfulness technique can be as simple as when you're doing the dishes, do the dishes. And kind of laugh, and they're like, no, you know, like everybody's always like doing this chore, and then you're thinking about all the other chores that you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm doing these dishes, and then I need to go to the grocery store, and I have to get this, and I got to come home, and I got to cook dinner, and then I need to get the kids in bed, and blah, blah, blah. stop do the dishes like you're doing the dishes just thinking about those other things isn't going to get them done and so to raise your anxiety levels and you need to stop and write down a list so that you don't forget the other things you need to do to help you focus then do that and then come back Mm. the dishes or whatever the task is you know like folding the socks or whatever and just focus on it and pay attention to like the way that the water feels on your hands and the smell of the soap and the sound of the dishes clanking Be truly here, like in the moment. I know we hear that phrase a lot, like be in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. Like literally just stop with your laundry list of everything else that you are trying to think of in your life and focus literally on what you're doing right now. You can all, you know, another one that's really good is going for a walk and just going through your senses. Like what's something I can see? What's something I can smell? What's something I can hear? What's something I can feel? You probably don't want to say what you can taste, but 
<laughs> you know, if you find something you want to taste while you're on that walk, maybe you grab an ice cream or something, you know, then add that sense in. So just little things like that, you know, and one of the teachers that I had at yoga teacher training also used to say when she would sit on her couch, because she was obviously into meditating a lot, but meditating mean that you have to like sit somewhere in a quiet room and close your eyes and say om a whole bunch of times right meditating is literally bringing yourself into an awareness of yourself and how you feel at the present moment and then like embracing that situation so you can like sit on the couch when you're watching tv with your family at night and just maybe not pay attention to the show for a few minutes and just think about how you feel sitting there with your family you know think about how much you love your kids think about how much you love your spouse think about how much you love yourself your dog, whatever, you know, how much you loved gardening that day. And then something else that, you know, a check-in at dinner time. Mm-hmm. everybody, like you were saying, you do a mental health check-in at the beginning of these shows. What we do is we say, what was your favorite part of your day? Mm-hmm. And then what is something that was a big challenge for you today? Mm. And we started it off by just saying, what was your favorite part of the day? Because especially when you have little ones, it might be hard to get them to understand what this whole situation is about. And if you started off with incorporating the challenge, a lot of the time people might not feel comfortable participating because they're not, you know, as a society, we're not really used to speaking about honestly about things that are challenging us. And depending on your family, it might not be something that happens very much at all, you know. Mm -hmm. So just check in, say what was your favorite part of the day ask why it was their favorite part of the day and everybody takes a turn and then you know and if it's not at dinner if you can't you know schedule dinner time together but just a time when you're all in the same room even if it's like right before bed you know just try to get it in and then or even at breakfast you know what was your favorite thing yesterday if you know that this is the only time that you're going to be together as a family during the day what was your favorite thing that happened yesterday and then after you've been doing that for a week or two add in what was something that challenged you and how did you deal with that challenge and then talk about it and if they say like somebody punched me and I ran away you know you can okay well how could we have dealt with this better or like why did they punch you you know try to talk about it if like being bullied that's a really good way to get them to talk about it and to learn how to deal with it and handle it or you know if they're struggling in a math class or something it's a really good way to find out without them having to come to you directly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The challenges that people are facing and between spouses, that's hugely important as well, you know, because a lot of the time, especially if you're like the caregiver person at home, even though we all know that our spouses go to work and that they're service members and they've got these ridiculously hard jobs, we're like, I have no idea what you do when you go there. They don't talk about the challenges that they have, you know, and some days they just come home feeling completely defeated because they just got reprimanded all day by command. And we have no idea because they didn't say it. Mm. If you ask them straight out, what was something that challenged you today? And they're like, man, like my husband's in communications. And he's like, I sh- like the satellite broke, you know, the communications cable got cut. Like <laughs> I couldn't get anything set up for the training that we were doing. And I just got yelled at by like 37 people, like all day getting yelled at and pulled into meetings. And then they were mad at me because I wasn't getting stuff done because I wasn't out there working on it because I was in a meeting, but he's not going to come home and tell me that, Mm. you know? So it gives me a little better state, like state of mind as to his state of mind. And so then I can say, Oh, well, like, do you need a hug? 
(laughs) (laughs) So it's just, those are all just really simple things that you can do, you know, resilience. And then honestly, if it comes to wellness or food, all I tell people is just incorporate more plants. Like everything you're eating is fine. Try and eat one more piece of fruit a day, you know? I like that. One of my friends posted on her Instagram a few weeks ago, plant-based doesn't mean you have to be a vegan, right? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It just means there's more plant on your plate than there is meat. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, and so like, it's supposed to be like that anyway. If you actually look at like my plate or any of these other things, guidance from any government across the world that has designed like a food guidance, it's like half to two thirds plants, you know, and then a little bit of like meat and possibly dairy or something. So just, you know, eat an extra piece of fruit. If you're like putting, you know, canned pears on your toddler's lunch plate or something, shove a couple in your mouth while you're doing it, you know, like get things in there when you can, you know, throw in, Mm -hmm. if you're making pasta, you know, if someone really hates peas, they can pick them out. They're easy to pick out. Like, I just try to do stuff like that. And then it just becomes a habit and they're used to seeing them there and then they eat them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that. I feel like you should have like a daily post or daily announcement of like (laughs) ways to continue to work on your wellness and resiliency. Cause like everything you listed, I was like, Oh my gosh, like that could just be, you know, one piece of information you share like every single day. Thought I'd check in with Jenny Lynn. Any thoughts? Oh man, I love the check-in. We do a similar thing at my house. We call it highs and lows. Like what was your high today? What was your low today? And my boys are a little older, so they do, you know, understand the the challenge portion of it. But as you were talking, I was thinking like, ooh, you know, since the pandemic, because we're not all away from the house like we used to be, we haven't really done that. And it, I realized listening to you talk like, ooh, I realize now why my people are behaving the ways that they're behaving because we've kind of taken out that daily check-in because we're always together. So we assume we know what the other one's doing. And the truth is we don't. So thank you for reminding me to bring back highs and lows. I'm going to ask today. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Wow. Mandalyn, you just shared a wealth of knowledge and advice and compassion to our community today. So I just want to take a moment here to thank you, you know, for showing up today and sharing your story and what led you to hone in on everything that you've gathered in your life to do what you're doing today. You know, before we go, I want to see if there's any final parting advice that you want to share to our, you know, military family community that listens to our show. I think just remember to pay attention to your inner voice. Mm. Your intuition will guide you. And if your inner voice is struggling or, you know, you're thinking about, should I find a therapist or should I talk to a dietitian or a nutritionist or anything like that? You probably should. (laughs) You're not going to think, should I talk to a therapist? if you don't have things to talk to a therapist about. Right. You know, so if you're feeling like you need a therapist or you're feeling like you need to, you know, drink more water, then drink an extra cup of water when you get up in the morning, you know, just Mm. things like that, that you can really learn to just listen to your inner voice on by taking those small steps by instead of sitting there pondering on it for three days, just do it kind of thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. then you will teach yourself to hear what's happening in your own body 
And that will help you to be more resilient when you have challenges come up that are completely unexpected, or even if it's just a PCS, you know, like you will be able to face those because you will be stronger in general and you will feel more secure in your own sense of self and the decisions that you make during that process because you've learned to hear yourself. Wow. That that makes sense. (laughs) I think that's a no. I mean, basically, yes. Trust your inner voice, you know, listen to your inner voice. Like don't doubt it, you know, is Mm -hmm. what you're really saying. And if obviously it's like, if you're already asking yourself the question anyway, you probably know the answer, Mm -hmm. just whatever reason you're fighting against it. And it's important, you know, to unpack that. Wow. Beautifully said, Mandolin. In case people want to get a hold of you, which I believe they will, how can they find you online? (laughs) Right now, I'm on Instagram only. I just rebranded. So my website is under construction and about to be relaunched in the next month or so. But it's the Helitary Spouse on Instagram. So it's T-H-E and then heal, like healing, H-E-A-L-I-A-R-Y, like helitary, like military spouse. I love that. The Helitary Spouse. That's clever. Wrote yeah. that down for myself as well. <laughs> Took me four um, years to get there. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> well, you made it. And Jenny Lynn, just wanted to see if you had any closing thoughts on your end. Nah, I'm good. That was great. Excellent tips and things to do to help us all stay well in this pandemic and also almost holiday season where things seem a little more stressful anyway. So thanks for yeah. all the good tips. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that said, we hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Until then, tune in next time. 